Welcome to Obey Your Strengths with Gallup Certified Strengths Coach, Kathy Kirsten. Hi, Pravesh. Welcome to Obey Your Strengths. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm very well, thanks. Great thank, to be here. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Today's guest, Pravesh Mystery, was born and raised in South Africa and was exposed to selling at a very young age on both his paternal and maternal sides of the family. His first entry into tech sales was at Internet Solutions in Johannesburg, where he was a frontline all things internet seller. He joined Rackspace in 2006 in London, it just so happens to be the same year I joined Rackspace. And he began selling uh, and leading teams for the first time in service delivery. He moved across the pond to the U.S. in 2010 as Rackspace was moving more deliberately into enter- the enterprise space. From then to 2016, he led sales teams mostly in the enterprise, but also in the SMB world. Pravesh is known for building high-performing and highly engaged teams that are often at the forefront of driving cross-functional change, which is much of the reason I wanted to talk to him today. Pravesh currently leads the Western region for Thousand Eyes out of San Francisco. He takes many of his lessons along the way to this earlier stage growth company, and we are excited to talk to him about some of those experiences he's had and how he uses strengths. Pravesh is also married to the lovely Nita, and they have two children, five and three, which test his strengths on a regular basis. Is that correct, Pravesh? They do. (laughs) Well, welcome. Thanks so much for being here. Pravesh, tell us what your, before we begin, my first question for every guest is, tell me what your top five strengths are and a little bit about each strength and how it manifests itself in you. My top five are arranger, woo, empathy, positivity, and learner. Mm. So I'll, I'll chat about those. You know, woo probably stands out the most. It's, uh, you know, winning others over. And I think it's been a driver. I think a lot of sellers have it. There's this constant need uh, to win people over, to impress folks, to do really, really well. It, it drove me for a long time. It's both got a, uh, like all strengths, we've said, it's got a, a positive side and an ugly side. And we'll talk about uh, some of those a little later as we go on. But I think Wu kind of kind of stands out for me, uh, you know, most often in, in the sales role. Uh, you know, another one is empathy. And this is, as I've been in the sales world for a long time, is a strength that doesn't uh, show up a ton in, in the sales front, but it really does help me from a leadership perspective as well as a selling perspective because I have the ability to put myself in the other person's shoes and really feel what they're feeling. And so uh, empathy is something that I've, I've used and I, I often have to dial up or dial down as, uh, as the situation pertains. You know, a ranger, apart from uh, allowing me to track wild animals, a ranger, <laughs> what it uh, allows for me really is to... Uh, it, it, you know, as I think about my leadership role, uh, one of the key principles is, as I think about what my job is, is to be a roadblock remover. And a ranger really helps with that. It, I can very easily and quickly see the path from point A to point B, and whatever's in between, I, I can clearly understand what it takes to get through all of these different pieces. Um, you know, it ties very closely to learner because over time you learn to get better at those things that stand in your way and you help your teams get to where they need to get to uh, 
by arranging ways and, and different ways to get creative as to as to how to get to the outcome that that folks need, mm-hmm. uh, and then positivity. And I, you know, you and I talk about this this one a lot when you know, for a long time, you know, and especially in sales, positivity is something you uh, you need. Me or my wife will ask me, how is it that you keep doing what you're doing, and you know, you can go off such a high high and. Uh, at the end of the quarter, the end of the month, depending on your organization, but uh, and then you know coming in on the first and you know seeing a, a big fat zero and and knowing that everything's going to be okay. And so, you know, positivity is another one of those that it, it's it's good to kind of have when you need to knuckle down and really um, create belief and strength in the team to know that everything's going to be okay. And and uh, you know, but also to to coach people when they're too positive in sales, right? And so positivity is one that can actually hurt you at times if you're uh, if you don't do the right work uh, to ensure that you've done the things you need to do in any function, and just hope that everything's going to be okay, you can uh, you can find yourself in trouble. So, you know, so to reiterate, my five are woo, positivity, arranger, learner, and empathy. Oh, you know, I have known you for many years, and I have seen your performance. So I know that you have a track record of success in sales, and it's evident in your career path. But you have some. Like, like you said, you have some strengths that I wouldn't expect to be in the sales position. And I would just love to hear your thoughts on that. You, you mentioned it about empathy. And I think we, if we're to label strengths and say, oh, this one fits perfectly, obviously woo fits very well with living in uh, the sales world, right? But all those other relationship um, strengths. When did you know that you were hardwired to be a salesperson? It was very early on. Like I just enjoyed, I enjoyed the rush of convincing someone to think differently. Very, very early on, and so you know, I think consciously or subconsciously, being surrounded by my dad, my grandparents, my cousins, we all were always trying to figure out different ways to hustle and get by and think of creative ways to get things done. Actually, and, and very early on, it really was just about making a buck, and so you learned that whatever strengths you had, whatever superpowers you were blessed with, you needed to figure out which ones of those you could use to, to, to work to your advantage, right? And so I've innately, I felt like I've been selling something my entire life. Uh, and so, you know, as I've honed in on these strengths, I think you could take these strengths and you could, you could really give me five other strengths if you wanted. And then you could just, you just tweak those for whatever world you're in. And so, well, I believe that there's some of them that you would think were missing, like, you know, competition potentially and significance mm-hmm. right, um, right. That, that, you, that usually drive um, sellers. There's things that live within this that um, that really help you in the sales world. You know, if you take learner, which which I think doesn't sometimes always live in, the, in a general salesperson's persona, um, learner for me has, has helped a ton because as tech sales specifically has evolved over a very relationship type of cell, uh, we're now moving into a world where you have to become a challenger type of cell. You need to teach people something new. Buyers have access to a ton more information. They have a point of view when you walk into the room. So for, re- for you to stand out as a seller, you really have to have a level of curiosity that's, that's different to everyone else walking into the room. And if you don't have that, then it hurts you. And so this is where my learner comes in because it's, I love learning about new things. I love learning about new ways. And so that sets me apart and allows me to be successful because um, there's just a different level of curiosity, like I said. Well, you are speaking like a true strengths practitioner, how you can make (laughs) any strength fit into a role. It tells us more about how we do something than what we do, correct? Absolutely. 
and and sometimes folks think you know empathy specifically is a pretty soft strength, and it, I don't actually see it like that. I I see it more. It manifests itself in me really is. I can feel what you're feeling. It doesn't mean I always have to care, really. You know, I can, I can, you know, it sounds pretty crass, but it, uh, you know, I can, I can go, man, that really sucks for you. Uh, and I, and I know what folks are going through, and I know what customers are going through, and I know what uh, people in my team are going through. But I, it allows me to connect with people in a really strong way, and so that really ties back into who. So if I can get my empathy dialed up to really connect with someone on an individual level, that, you know, from the time I walk into this building and I. You know, I meet the security guard and I can have a conversation with him and connect with him and go, man, I know you've been here all night or I've been, I know you've been here. You know, that, that level of empathy uh, creates a connection, uh, you know, through to, you know, uh, a board member walking past me and, and having the ability to put myself in their shoes is really what I've done in terms of sales as well. And so when you think about, you know, going to a customer, I, as, I, as I push my teams or I, I talk to folks about the sale, it's always about, you know, what do they want out of this meeting? What do they want out of this interaction? What is it that they expect? What does good look like for them? What do they want to tell their boss? And so that's really how my empathy kind of shines, if you will, uh, more than not, versus it just being something that seems like uh, a touchy-feely kind of hug strength, if you will. Yeah. You know, I asked when we were kind of talking about doing this podcast, I asked you about your aha moment around strengths. And you said you were introduced to StrengthsFinder at Rackspace, but you really didn't embrace it until you became a manager. Tell me the story behind that. Yeah, you know, I uh, felt like it was, you know, in the beginning, and we were early on, right? Uh, you know, I was in the London office, we were I think just under 100 people when I joined and you know when I when I ended up leaving the London office uh, to move to the US that team had grown up to you know being around 400 in a in a four year period which is crazy. And so you know for me I think you know Darren Norfolk when he he was a master at delivering feedback just you know one I think culturally he was uh, you know he's British and to the point and very direct and so uh, you know it, it took a little bit for someone that has woo and needs to be liked mm-hmm. for your leader that you care and respect for to just tell you some very very direct uh, you know sometimes unfiltered uh, feedback you know would have been tough but he was a masterist and and I think he did a couple things you know one thing was it always came from a place of love so you really understood what was driving the bus when he was delivering you, you know, that feedback. The other thing was that he he had framed it really well. And the way in which he framed it uh, has shaped how I deliver feedback now, and it's centered around strengths. And so he he wasn't as deliberate about putting it in writing and, and saying, this strength is showing up in this way. What he really did was he... He weaved all of the strengths into the way in which he gave me feedback about things I was doing well and things I, I needed to work on. And that's when it dropped for me, and I, I kind of got into this practice very early on, because that's my first role uh, was in 2007 when I took over uh, a Linux team that was a support team that just this mixture of different characters, because you had three different functions living in that role. You had an account manager who was a service delivery person. You had a lead engineer, and then you had a system administrator, and that was the part that looked after a set of customers. And Linux as well is like a whole different persona than Windows right, <laughs> in right. terms of the types of technical people they That's were. Right. And so I, I quickly had to learn, I quickly learned that I'm going to have to manage these people. Not I'm going to have to manage them on one level as a group and as a unit and create an identity. But then for me to really get great results out of them, I'm like each one, management and development. So I had to think about how I managed 
and and the way in which to do that and customize it for the individuals that I used was was to use strengths because they were so unique and and for me to drive the collective strategy for the team was to ensure that I at the micro level within each player in my team I needed to know that I was really talking to their strengths as well. Now you've recently onboarded you've been with Thousand Eyes about a year is that correct? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about what Thousand Eyes does. Give, let's give a plug to what Thousand Eyes does. Thousand Eyes is both a SaaS platform that provides visibility on the internet. And so what, uh, you know, the internet being a black box is it's not owned by anyone end to end. Everyone kind of owns their own piece of the internet, yet both companies that are on the internet and users of the internet that rely on the internet don't have anything that give them an end to end picture as to what's happening on the internet. And so the platform we've built allows for you to get insights into what's happening in the internet, how it's performing, and if there's an issue, how to go and troubleshoot it, and even just to make general decisions about uh, your network and how your network's evolved over the last 10 years as folks have moved from, you know, frame relay to MBLS to now, you know, mm-hmm. potentially SD-WAN and consuming things like the cloud. Um, there's nothing that gives you end-to-end visibility, and, and that's, the pro- that's the fundamental problem that Thousand Eyes solves. Awesome. Okay, and you're leading the Western sales team that that encompasses multiple countries. Uh, yeah, it actually does. You know, so I have responsibility for everything on the Western half of the U.S. I also then uh, have responsibility for building out Australia and New Zealand okay. as part of my role. Cool. So you've been there a year. I have you quoted to say that strengths is a vital to our team. Tell me a little bit about the activity you've done with strengths on your new team to help build your team and the identity of your team. Yeah, so, you know, what was different about the company I just joined is that, you know, we're an earlier stage growth company. And so uh, there's, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, just an opportunity to really implement some things that I think are really, really meaningful. And so, you know, when I came in, People were doing some things in an inconsistent fashion. And so, like I talked about earlier, my leadership principles, if I wanted to get them across, I really needed to create a solid foundation of how I was going to build this team. And I I didn't want to just broad brush how we were going to create a vision for the team, create a mission, create an identity, but then also, like I said, you know, understanding who they were as individuals and what drove them and, and how they were the same and how they were different. You know, and so it, it all started back. We did an exercise. We we actually went off site as a team and and really got into like what what are we doing here? Like this, you know, it was it was part of a QBR, but they were surprised that we weren't talking about deals and pipeline and every other metric that people really care about. And yeah, I think initially they were a little uncomfortable as uh, as as we were going to start talking about who they were and what drove them and what. And why do they do what they do? A lot centered around the why. And, you know, as part of the preparation for that session, I had them all take the test uh, and read the book. And so they were already in this mindset of understanding themselves better. And they were talking to their partners about it. And they were talking to each other about it. And it started infiltrating uh, between each other. And they started calling each other out when they did certain things and said, oh, there's your competition right there. So that started happening. But it, it kind of parlayed and led really nicely into the session that we did off-site, off which started really understanding the motivations for what people were doing. And, you know, as, you know, as an outside, if you looked at the sales organization, it's easy for people to think uh, sellers just want to make lots and lots of money and uh, that's all they care about and they want to win and they're and they athletes and that's what they want to do. And, they, I mean, you know, sometimes that can be true, but it, it's not everything. And really getting to understand the drivers behind people's motivation is, is really powerful. And so... Um, you know, we, we did the session which centered around understanding, you know, what was the essence of 
being a part of a team and and you actually get into some really really uh really nuanced pieces of understanding well you know i everybody likes being a part of the team so fine great i mean that's you know almost everyone you know but really the piece on being in a team is the camaraderie that could be important to someone else someone else is like you know sharing what everyone else is doing and sharing knowledge I've learned and that may get, you know, may fuel their peace. Another person may just be, I like being on a team because I like beating everyone and that's, oh, that's also okay, you know. Right. So really, <laughs> Competition. So, exactly. And so everybody is like, everybody wants to be on a team and everyone wants to do well but really getting in and understanding that. And so, you know, that, that was the first, I guess, if you will, invitation to talk about uh, people's strengths and how they show up. You know, I have a person on my team that has competition. They're so competitive that they hated that competition was their number one. Mm-hmm. And they went home and they said, look, I don't buy into this because the first thing says I'm competitive. And her husband was like, uh, yeah, yeah, you are. And in <laughs> fact, right now you're trying to get that off your list because you don't want to be that competitive. <laughs> and and now she embraces it. And so what's really cool is we have I, I have the ability to show her how we can you know, how we can how we can take that and just embrace it and turn it into something beautiful rather than something she'd want to shy away from. And, um, you know, so what we've done since then, so that's the first thing, was getting everyone talking about it was, was the first piece. The other piece I do is, you know, I have a very, very simple and probably pretty archaic, but I have a spreadsheet with every single person's strengths that are just listed top to bottom, and it is always open on my desktop because... You know, if I'm about to go into a conversation or that's, you know, potentially a little tricky or if I'm going to, if I want to give them feedback on something that they've done well or not, it's just nice for me to be able to just go back in and reference. You know, I I have the luxury like we had had at Rackspace where we had your name and then your top 10 actually uh, on your desk and sometimes we'll have the top five, but some folks had their top 10 on their desk Mm -hmm. and you could just... You could scan your eye up as you were going to look at them and you could say, hey, your maximizer is dialed up too high. You're taking way too long on that email. Send the email. I need you to dial your activator up higher than your maximizer is right, right now right. and just go, right? And so we don't have that. And so I have this spreadsheet that's very practical for me, but I, I, it really helps me prepare these conversations because yeah, I think that the reason I talked about Darren, the reason Darren was so, did these reviews so well was he was extremely prepared. And, and when you're prepared, you you take the time, but it really comes across in a really authentic, genuine way. And using strengths to be able to do that is, is key. And so when I'm going to go into a tough conversation with folks, I can just scan um, my, the, the list of their strengths and I can uh, frame the feedback I want to deliver to them in a really meaningful way. I recall in our prep conversation that you talked about preparing so much so for a one-hour conversation, you prepared for an hour before the one-hour conversation because you're that intentional and that more than half of the time of the preparation was centered around reading through the long descriptions of someone's top five strengths. And you wanted to really put yourself in their shoes. There's that empathy again, uh, to understand how they uniquely see, they see the world through their own lens of strength. And that's a great coaching tool to help grow someone's perspective, to help them see not only how unique they are, but also how others see them through the lens of their strength. Do you have any, um, you know, examples or stories that you'd like to share about how you've helped people not only understand their unique patterns, but perhaps even how their patterns have been perceived by their teammates or even yourself as the manager? 
you know, as a as a leader of a group, we've, you have these really key pivotal moments. I mean, we don't all like in our day to day have the have the luxury of saying, "I'm going to take an hour to prepare for a conversation." However, there are definitely conversations you know that warrant more preparation than others, and so you 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 know that this 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 one coming up is key and it's pivotal. And if I do this well, the return on it is going to be huge. But if I don't do this well, the, the destruction it's going to cause is a lot worse. So that was an example that I talked to you about that I, I had the ability to go and take an hour. So you've got these moments where having it up on the spreadsheet, you can move really quickly. But, you know, especially when folks are, you know, and this may even link to a bit of my, my woo strength, right, which is part of what lives inside me with woo is this, is this need for acceptance and validation. And so uh, the vulnerable side of me will tell you that as you grow a team and you grow a new team and you build a team, part of what you want as a leader is this, as me being the leader having woo is wanting a level of acceptance. And so knowing that if I'm going to give someone, you know, early in their relationship with me or early in their career with me, some feedback you know, you ha- I, I have to get this right even more than the norm because I, I don't want to risk them uh, not wanting to run through a wall for me because that's how I feel I, I, I deliver results as a part of that. And so really, really, that's what lives inside me as, a, as an individual is woos, woos saying, okay, man, you don't want to get into a situation where this person doesn't like you, so you go make sure you prepare really, really well. And, you know, when you didn't do this right the last time, learner, um, it ended up like this. And so learn from your mistake. And now, and everything's going to be okay, is my positivity tells me. But then I, I tie back into uh, making sure I, I, I take the time to do it. And so this one in particular was, you know, someone starting out and gets to set the tone of how they're going to be and how they show up within the team. I think the piece that was key for me in, in this interaction was, I think their level of surprise or shock, if you will, at how quickly I was able to pinpoint exactly what, uh, the thing was that was driving this sort of behavior uh, was the first piece. So you had someone, they're really excited to work for you and it's great. But I think his level of surprise was to be like, wow, man, like I've been with you for X amount of time. It's super short. And yet you, you have this ability to actually nail exactly something that you know, people that have known me my whole life talk to me about and people that are really close to me talk to me about and I don't know how you did that but I do and so I have my cheat sheet which is and you know which is the strengths <laughs> right <and> strengths really, <laughs> yeah and I told him that you know I, I also I talk about it because I it's, knowing that really isn't the superpower knowing how to use that really is that piece and so having the ability to then use that as the connection point just it speeds up so much right because you just get a window into a person really really quickly and and so you know you can't just broad brush say okay this person has competition so they act like x what you do have is the ability to have an awareness to say competition lives within this person so look out for these things here are the flags you should think about here are the things that typically come up and here's how they can manifest themselves with some of these other ones they lie really low Mm -hmm. and then they show up in the most random unexpected places so i think having that level of awareness really helps you to create that that level of connection really early on so you don't have to wait for something to go wrong and say man i've worked with you for so long now that i know how kathy is and so therefore i'm going to work with kathy in this way because i know she's like this in the industry we're in right now, in the pace at which change happens, you don't have that luxury of time. People don't work for you for four, five, six years. I've had my boss for 10 years. I mean, we just don't hear the sentences anymore. So when you haven't had your boss for 10 years, you don't have 
a year to tell you to, for your boss to learn about you and you to learn about your boss. And what strengths does for you is it just speeds that entire learning process up so much that you just get to productive a lot quicker. I love that. You know, this, your example there shows me two things, Pravesh. It shows me how intentional you are about individualizing your management of every person on your team, but it also shows me how authentic you are to bring your own strengths to your management, okay? Because I look, I'm sitting here looking at your top five in the strengths coach. I cannot turn off the strengths coach in me. <laughs> so I'm listening to your stories and I'm looking for patterns of the way you say things and the, th- and the activities you do and the way you tell me how you approach things. And I look at that empathy, positivity, woo, that people, the others orientation that you have in your top five and how you are trying to build and maintain relationships. And so you do that with your team. You know, not all managers think about building trust very early on. That takes time or it takes quality of conversations and and intentionality around how you manage and coach someone. So what a fantastic example of how to do that, how to build trust very early on, even through a difficult circumstance. Because what we didn't say is you were delivering some concerns constructive criticism to the person, right? An opportunity to yeah. to grow in an area. And you did it through your own lens of bringing all of your strengths to the forefront and then helping the person see their strength and where to dial it down and dial it up and that kind of thing. But it came from a, a place of let's focus on your unique patterns, these superpowers that you keep calling them, right? The strengths. I think this is, you know, you know, if I think about people like you know, Jeff Cotton or Chris Cochran or folks that really also delivered a lot of feedback to me throughout my career. That thing that was driving the bus, like it sounds really soft that, that like it comes from a place of love, but it actually is really meaningful because when you don't have that in the system, it's very hard to be able to coach and, and to help people, right? And so when someone tells you, Bob, you have the ability to, uh, to go into a room and you don't really have to prepare that much and... Uh, and you'll pull it off, and it'll be great, you know. But but you should watch out because there's going to be a day where, you know, preparing more would have served you better, right? So Jeff Cotton was this person that would just force me to prepare more and more and more and more, and I'd watch him like write scripts of of things he was going to say in a big conversation on all hands, and he knew that I could walk into an all hands and nine out of ten times just shoot from the hip sometimes and just go. What he, what, he, what he really wanted me to do was not have that 10th time happen. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and that 10th time may be the one that counts more than any of the others. And so, you know, I just really learned that, you know, when it comes from a, from a good place, when the right thing is driving the bus, when I'm trying to coach someone, not because it, it fulfills my ego, but it's because I'm genuinely trying to help. People can see that. They can feel that within it because they feel... Uh, where you're coming from, right? And and so it lands really well. And the openness to it is so much more where they'll tell you, I can't believe you just said that, you know, m- you know, my mom's told me that I'm like this, or my wife's told me that I'm like this in my personal life. This has kind of shown up before. And so you suddenly just get past everything. You're like, bang, now let's go deal with that. And we all have stuff. The cool thing is we all have it. And sometimes when I can talk about, you know, my strengths and how they how they can sometimes help me and sometimes they can hold me back, we just get to a really nice common ground uh, and I can, and we can laugh about it a little bit, but then we get serious and I, I, I never want to lessen the, the delivery of the feedback I'm giving because I really want the message to punch and, and land really well. Yeah. You know, we, we all do have that 
commonality in that our top five strengths can also be our top five weaknesses. That's why I have this, why we name this podcast, Obey Your Strengths, because if you are blind to the patterns of your behavior, the things that drive you, the why and the how of what you do, it's going to overtake you and you're not going to be as successful as you want to be in your relationships, in your performance, in business, in your life. I mean, if you can understand where these strengths are coming from, where your patterns of behavior are coming from and how to dial them. Now, you've been using that word a lot. And I love it. Dialing them up, dialing them down. I love the whole play to your strengths because I believe that means bring your strengths to work. And, and Gallup uses that a lot. But how have you had to obey your strengths? And by that, I mean, like I mentioned a little bit before, your strengths are so strong, perhaps you've had to manage them or you've had to go out of your way and be intentional about feeding them and giving them what they need. I'd say the one that probably I've had to tend to more than the others over the years has really been woo. And so, woo, it's funny because woo almost feels like the most fun, kind of cool, like what does that mean kind of strange. Yes, Because it stands always. out as alone because <laughs> you're forced to say woo, 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 uh, when you have it, exactly. And so, but, you know, I think woo for me has been something that I've had to get really serious about, frankly. And, uh, you know, I work, I work with an executive coach, Stephen Morrow, and this topic of woo came up in different words and, and trying to understand where it came from and, and what it meant. And um, yeah, as, a, as a kid, even, I grew up in an environment where being picked was such a big thing. Being picked or not being picked was actually such a huge piece of my upbringing. And I, and I didn't realize it until later in my life, as I talked to Stephen about this stuff, I watched the highlights of my life uh, of things that have gone really well at the times that I was picked. I was chosen for this. You were chosen to do this. Oh, we did this. And then they picked you to do it. You know, and then the things that hadn't gone or, I, or like are not my fondest memories are the times I didn't get picked. And we actually kind of deconstructed, like, what does that mean? And so the picking really ties really close to woo and wanting to win others over to get picked. And so I've done probably the most amount of work on it specifically. And, I, you know, I, he said this to me one day, which actually was the, probably the most profound move in terms of woo specifically for me and he said you know your your thirst for love is quenched by taking a moment to remember how much you already are loved oh woo all woos (laughs) (laughs) pay attention let's say it one more time your your thirst for love is quenched by taking a moment to remember how much you are already loved. Mm. And he and I and I know when he said that to me, it was I, I remember the day so clearly. It was like a switch flipped in my head because, you know what, it, it ties very much to this concept of you know trying to hold yourself accountable on the decisions you're making and and also why you do the things you do. Like what are, what is your intention behind doing what you do, you know, and, and what what really is is driving the bus. Um, you know, I work with Lorenzo Gomez a ton, right? And we're very, very close. And, and I sit on his board of directors, as he says, we should all have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I sit on his board. And, and my role on his board, he tells me, is that you always push me to really understand what my intentions are in every single moment. And so I catch myself on who specifically is really to take that moment to go, hey, so you're doing this right now. You're doing this because because you genuinely want to do it, or you're doing this because you're thirsty for, for that person's love or affection or um, acceptance. And so just wooing myself, that's why I've spent a ton of time on really understanding 
my motivations for actions, my motivations of why I do some things versus why I don't do something. And I'm not perfect at it. I don't, you know, I don't get it right every time. There's times I'll have to catch myself. There are times I have to double back and go back and actually dial empathy up and go, hey, the wrong thing was driving that bus. You know the wrong thing was driving the bus. Your woo was, was way too high right there, and it wasn't for the right reasons. You go and actually think how this other person will have felt in that moment, so my empathy will dial up. And even if it's uncomfortable and I don't want to do it, I, you know, I'll then just like draw on my positivity to go, everything's going to be okay. Like, <laughs> right. just, you know, it's like just kind of, it all just kind of helps itself a ton, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I think that if I, if I look throughout my my life, it's it's the one thing that probably it's it's worked out really well because it's driven me in the right way more often than not. But if, if I think about the things that haven't gone well, it's because the wrong thing has been driving the bus, and that sense is Iron Woo. Pravesh Mystery, thank you so much for giving us insights to how a great sales leader is putting strengths and paying attention to what the people's superpowers are in an industry that is known for just hitting the number and smiling and dialing and all those other things that don't really speak to the soul of a person and you're doing it and you're doing it successfully. I can't wait to see what else you'll go and do in your career. Um, I will be following you and cheering you on from San Antonio all the way over there to San Francisco. So thanks so much for joining us today on Obey Your Strengths. And uh, it was great to see you. Yeah, I love being on. I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the time and, uh, and the conversation was awesome. I appreciate it. To learn more about Kathy Kirsten, visit her website, kathykirsten.com. That's K-A-T-H-Y-K-E-R-S-T-E-N.com. Obey Your Strengths is produced by Geekdom Media in association with Game Day Media Enterprises. Executive produced by Lorenzo Gomez, John Garcia, and Michael Largent.